Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Paul Mellon McFadden, here with my two regular stooges. Raph, how are you, mate? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Mate, I'm good. What, what time of the day is it there? It's I see black out your window. Yeah, yeah. It's early, man. It's like a little after five, five in the morning. Right. I've been up, yeah, I've been up since four. You, you, you're following through with that shit that you've been talking about, man. Like, you're looking well. You're looking fit. It's quarter past four in the afternoon here and uh what can we say it's real the earth may not be flat after all despite what you and i think <laughs> sun out the window here dark there i don't know how about you mike how you going fella i'm great and for the record the earth is as flat as the back of raf's head all right <laughs> <laughs> so there's that and then i love that raf gets up i mean he's he's dedicated it's just after five but it's like the the people that know Jocko. That that's Raph's hero, by the way. Um, he wakes up and takes a picture of his watch, and it's like four thirty three. And he's like, he's like, you know, execute or get after it. Raph does that and sends out a picture to us. And it's like four thirty five, and then he just goes zero quiet comms because he just falls back asleep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we appreciate the effort and the illusion that uh, it's early. So, also for the record, I only did that once. <laughs> and I only did that once because that dude that morning took a lot of effort. I think I, uh, I I was traveling, I was working, and man, I was exhausted. Like I was I was fucking tired, and I think I went to bed probably close to midnight. And I had to leave, or it wasn't midnight, but it was late. And I remember I had to leave really early the next day, so I did some backwards planning. And I and I remember like when I the realization it hit, I was like, fuck, I've got to get up at three in the morning. To get the workout in before I get in the plane, before you know all that, and I was like, "Fuck!" So, anyways, that's the only time I, I boasted. It sounds to me a, bit, a little bit like he might be going back and rewriting history here, Mike. I don't know, I don't know how you remember it, but I remember there was a, there was an RV time, and we were like all coordinated, and everything was going to happen. That's right. <laughs> and then little ba- baby Tio sent a message that he was just about there. He was just looking at the inside of his eyelid. He was definitely getting up. And then like an hour later, you and I were like, man, we're going to do this one on our own. Yeah, dude, the snooze monster got me on that one. Hey, listen, <laughs> the snooze monster wins every, you know, from time to time. Well, I'm going to be getting up early anyway. So tomorrow <clears throat> is uh, I'm flying out to Vail, Colorado to go on a ski trip. Literally nobody cares. And uh, shut up, Raph. And uh, <laughs> now we're going out there with, uh, if you guys remember, Kenny G. Kenny G's coming on the trip, and we invited Raph, but he basically said no putos, so he's not coming now, apparently, so, uh, but it's going to be a good trip. We rented a big house out in the mountains and stuff. It's like a six, seven-bedroom house and rented it for four days and going to get two days of skiing in and go exploring a little bit, do some do some hiking and live it up, man, get away and have a little bit of a winter because the in, the East Coast right now, at least down here there's there's it's almost 70 degrees today it's bullshit it's january so gonna try to get a little bit in it is a beautiful part of the world i just have to say your rockies around colorado unbelievable i was blessed enough to uh visit there with my beautiful wife before kids we rv'd with my brother hugh pig of a man that he is and his beautiful wife they were living in texas and we went on an around the world trip after it was 
end of operational flying for me. I was about to take up an instructor post. And yeah, we met in uh, in Denver and we went out just right near Vale to Aspen and did some snowboarding and skiing for a week with Christmas and had the grandmothers come out from Australia and everything. It was, it was awesome. Like that is a spectacular part of the world, man. Where the beer flows like wine. I'm talking about a place <laughs> called Aspen. I don't know, Lloyd. The French are assholes. You're an idiot. Hey, when <laughs> are you going to... Hey, when are you going to Vail? Is it this weekend? <clears throat> yeah, tomorrow until, what, Wednesday we're going? So a couple days and an extended weekend. Nice, nice. Yeah, is uh, old, is Pac... I imagine Pat's going too, right? Oh, yeah. Sergeant Patrick Sowers with Operation Once a Lifetime. We'll be there. Uh, yeah. If you didn't right take on. pictures, it didn't happen. That's why I love him. <laughs> he, he'll have pictures and everything. No. Yeah, he's going too, man. It's just going to be a great time. Good, good circle of friends. Uh, there's two other people that I haven't met, but one's a fireman and the other one's a retired Army guy. So it's always good meeting new people. And, you know, it's like one of those unsaid things. It's like any friend of yours I know can be a friend of mine just because of the company that you keep. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It's awesome. That's going to be pretty yeah. good. Kenny G on board. Pat Sowers, you're going to have great conversations and so on, man. You just know already. Yeah. It's, uh, every time I think of Pat, I think of the last time we went, all went hunting down in Texas. <clears throat> and the, I think the, the quote of that night was, I'm in my prime. I'm in my and, prime. Yep. He, he says this literally, and I'm not even counting myself as one of the people there, but he's like saying this in front of like NFL players. It's just... <laughs> I can't even give the context of the whole thing, but it's it was I almost fell out of my chair. I'll give the context. <laughs> so Pat Pat has torn his bicep. He's messed up his back worse than I have. Um, he's yeah, he was he was pretty screwed up. Yeah, he's he, he's mid forties, which isn't bad, but I mean he's taken a beating over the years. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the guy. I love his motivation. It's it's unparalleled, but. He wakes up in the morning, pounds a monster, and he's like, you ready to go to the gym? I'm like, bro, uh-uh. I thought I was coming here to sleep for a little bit. This is my vacation. And he goes to the gym, pounds a monster. And then afterwards, I'm like, are we going to eat it all? He's like, nah, nah, we don't do that. And I'm like, oh, dude, we're going to die. <laughs> we're going to have a heart attack at the gym, you know? But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's, that, he's that type of get up and just a 1,000 miles an hour and, yeah, his passion drives him. His passion feeds him. I'm not gonna lie; he's a great dude for it. Um, but yeah, man, that was uh, that was pretty good when he's like, you know, half half recovering, falling apart, and there's NFL players around the the dinner table, and we're all just talking about being in shape and whatever. And he's like, "I'm in my prime." <laughs> like, oh, bro, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, he was also he was also in his defense, he was also a couple frothies in. I think, right? If I no, remember no. correctly. That always helps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That does it's add a constant. couple of percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, but I just remember, like, just saying that so confidently in that audience. I was like, damn, dude, that's awesome. Well, we also had a thing on that trip where there was a taxidermied nutsack from a goat. That's right. And, and if you messed up for the day, like if you missed a shot because we were hunting or, you know, you busted the animals or, you know, doing whatever stupid, like you did the dumb thing for the day. Uh, you had to take a drink from the from the nutsack. <laughs> so, so we were just trying to nail Pat every chance we could. Like, oh, you did this, or oh, you messed this up. And he's like, no, no, that's impossible. I'm in my prime. And we're like, oh, <laughs> my God, dude. <laughs> man. Uh, fuck. Shout out to Pat. Yeah, man. 
And how's everything else been going? Like, how's your week been, Raf? What have you been up um, to? It's been good. I mean, I've been home all week. Um, I'm actually getting ready to go on a trip uh, later on this afternoon, flying out this evening. Um, it's been good. Just hanging out with Little Man, um, hanging out with Ovs. It's been, you know, crazy busy. We we had some stuff scheduled that kind of fell through. I won't get into the details, but we were going to, we we'd bought tickets to go surfing down in uh, Nicaragua. Um, we're it's, so I had vacation uh, kind of lined up for the first half of February. So we were like looking into, you know, how we were going to navigate Central America and go down there and surf and show, you know, soaring the world a little bit. Um, but a bunch of stuff happened. And so we had to scratch the trip. And but I'm still going to try to make the best of it and um, still going to head down to California to visit my folks. So, uh, you know, soaring gets to get some. Tito and Nana time, which is, you know, good for all parties involved. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's been good. It's been crazy busy because we're, you know, backwards planning to a lot of life-changing events that are about to hit us, so. Yeah. Mate, time spent planning is not time wasted. I think there's some pretty famous quotes from people about if they're given an hour to complete a task that's been 55-minute planning and five minutes doing, you know, to really nail it. Yeah. I know that this year is like a, a key year for the McFadden family, Saudi Arabia detachment with trying to make plans to have uh, have us in the right place come the end of the year, you know, and take advantage of stuff and kids at school and work and so on. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you got to create it in your mind first before you can create it in reality, right? And getting the yeah, clarity... Yeah getting the clarity around that and the detail, putting the big rocks in at the start of the year. So we're, we're sort of doing a, a similar thing. We're sketching out the sort of broad brush the rest of the year, how we're going to have the year unfold and where we'd like to be at the end of the year. It's always beneficial. Oh, and one more thing to add. We just, so uh, I'll just do this out here on, on, on the podcast. So I appreciate the, uh, the gifts. Uh, we were, actually driving we left the property we we're gonna go link up with mama jay and, and pop and uh we picked up mail on the way out and there was a package and of course it had some you know some name i won't mention um opened it up and it was you know i had the stuffed kangaroo and, and the little calendar dude soren loves that thing absolutely loves that thing he doesn't love a marsupial yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait. What was the name Pretty on the sure. package wrap? Because mine said mine said Cheza and it had a big heart on it. I think you got melons, didn't you? No, mine said Cheza also. I don't no, I don't think so. Did, did you throw it away already? Did you hide the evidence? <laughs> I think you did. Anyways, yeah. I just want to make that clear. It's it's very apparent. So well, we're happy you guys got your stuff. I mean, it's funny, you know, little Christmas gifts from down under. Last time we sent stuff, it like it like took two months to get to you guys. <laughs> Uh, so we're like yeah maybe the world's post-covid or something <laughs> australian postal workers are going to work who knows you know <laughs> yeah well i'll send you a video later uh i'll send the uh the little koala gift or whatever to uh to uh my girlfriend's daughter whatever so i already told her she had a surprise waiting for her so i'll, I'll send you a video of her saying thank you she was excited about it she doesn't know what it is, but she's excited. You know, she's five years old, so she's excited about any type of gift that she can possibly get. 
It's not going to be like a hostage video, is it? <laughs> They're lining up like, you say thank you to Melon. Yeah, 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 pretty much. You know, it's just like all the parents during the holidays where you're threatening to take a nice picture or you're like going to end their world, you know, behind the scenes conversation of like the nicest family picture, you know, surrounded by death threats. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not necessary. <laughs> but a little bit of Australia, a little bit of fur in marsupials does cheer people up. Little people love them. So, um, well, we got to. Last week we ran at the episode was on identity, spiritual identity, who you really are, not in terms of roles and jobs and you know the completion of tasks and but who you really are underneath those things, like who who you'd be if you stopped working, for example. And this week we thought we'd sort of dive deeper and sort of a follow-up episode similar, not exactly the same, but on creating yourself. So the thought being that all of us are going to face challenges this year, that there's going to be opportunities out there for us if we are just in the right state, like if we are being the right type of human being, that these opportunities will naturally uh, be taken advantage of, that we'll seize the day when we, when the day needs to be seized, that we'll that there's a sense of uh, possibility in front of us that we can be any type of being, but you can do it with some deliberate intent. So it's like creating yourself intentionally so that maybe by the end of the year or just at other key moments during the year, you're able to hit the hit the ball square and put it out of the park on a home run. We hit it for six for the Australians listening who play cricket. So the topic being who you're going to create yourself as this year. Who is the the Mike Mellon or Raph? Who is for you the listener? Who is the person that you need to be this year so that you know you, you don't leave an opportunity, you don't leave a stone unturned, you don't leave money on the table financially, you don't leave relationships in a state of breakdown, you don't leave people without that sense of love and connection. And it could be in any area in your life. So creating yourself as the person you want to be, who is that going to be this year? So a bit of a difficult topic, perhaps a bit of a slightly a different sense, but did you have any thoughts in this area where you sort of wanted to start the conversation, Mike? Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of writing down some things uh, the way you just kind of opened it up. So, yeah. so I'm going to defer to Raph lead it off since he looks so handsome by the way and i just want everybody to take one quick second and notice that the pilots have the same exact haircut it, I, I know i've said this before but now you can see it look at this they literally wake up look in the mirror and they set the standard in the morning respectable but i'm just calling it like it is gentlemen that's it but i'm going to graph to kick it off don't, don't be a hater people hate us mainly because of our hot wipes and uh Head of hair has something to do with that. Well, yeah. What do we say normally? What do we normally say here, Raph? Is it something about Bert and Ernie? I can't remember. Well, I was going to bring that up. I was like, if only the public knew. And one day they, one, one day they, they shall. Mm. I'm wearing a hat it, from now on. The hell with this. That will be my mission. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, um, back back to topic in hand. Um, yeah. So actually we talked about this question uh, like a day or two ago and I gave it a little bit of thought and I hope I'm, 
I hope I'm understanding what we were kind of vaguely talking about, you know, about who we want, or at least what I want my identity to become by the end of the year, or what I want to kind of transform to at least change the things that I think need to be changed um, to be the person and the identity, you know, that, that thing that I want to be at the end. And I think the simplest way that I could surmise all of it is I, I want to get in a position in my life, whether hopefully it's sooner than at the end of the year, but I know it's going to take time. It's probably going to take very, like a lot of years is I want to be game ready every day. Like I want to be that person where like every day I'm going to be firing all cylinders, right? Whether I'm tired, whether I'm hungry, whether I'm pissed, whether I'm whatever it is, I want to be in a position where I can control. And basically what that means to me is I want to be able to master my emotions in every significant event, right? Because we know that when your emotions uh, run high or just kind of run out of whack, you end up messing up the relationships around you, whether it's your personal, your professional, even your, your own, um, whatever your goals are, right? When you're feeling like when you just don't control your emotions, you end up doing things to sabotage yourself. Um, I want to also be able to be in that position all the time, you know, like optimally where I can anticipate uh, the things that my family needs, the things that my friends need, the things that I need, right? Like get ahead of it. Um, I've opened up about my, you know, like an example would be like, if you know you have an addiction of any sort or you have any sort of weaknesses, like if you want to be in that position where you can anticipate like, hey, I don't want to put myself in that setting because it's going to, it's going to, it's going to break me. It's going to make me want to do something I don't want to do. Um, and then the last thing in my head, as far as con concerning game ready is, um, I want to kill any sort of uh, anxiety or hesitation that would keep me from forging the path that I one know that I need to forge and two that that that's important to me and my family and, and my friends, right? So because we know that, that there's hesitation in everything, right? Like you want to write the book, but you're you know you think, well, I'm not a writer though. You know, you want to run a marathon, but I'm not a runner. Like there's all these excuses that your brain is already packed and ready and just fucking ready to deliver if you don't have an answer for it. Um. So that that's kind of how I framed, I think, the question that we talked about. And then to answer kind of that that whole thing, the way I, I know that I'm going to go about trying to like build that identity is I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing, just hopefully a little bit more consistent, is I want to do something difficult every day. That, you know, cold, and, and again, Mike makes fun of me, but it's true. I mean, there's a reason why I like taking cold showers and the cold immersion because it sucks because I don't like it. But every time I do it, there's a sense of like, I just conquered that. I just conquered the fear of like just feeling uncomfortable. Right. Um, so I want to continue to do that. The other thing I want to continue to do is I want to keep continue to meditate on God. I noticed that I didn't say I want to like be this scholarly religious person. Cause I, I just, it's not something that I think would be as useful to me, you know, just sitting there and be able to like, throughout biblical, you know, uh, passages and all that stuff. But I think that if you continually like meditate on whatever it is that you believe the creation is, or just something that makes you want to be a better person, it usually kind of transforms your, your thought process anyways, right? Like you start maybe becoming, becoming more forgiving, even to yourself, or you start kind of not carrying the weight of the world, you know? Um, so anyways, you do it for your own reasons, but I think that I'd like to meditate on God and the existence of God 
a lot more frequently than just the beginning. Because right now, if I could be completely honest, it's usually in the morning when I wake up and then towards the evening when I'm trying to shut it down. But I'd like to have that. I'd like to be in the position where I'm constantly just, you know, every quiet space, I'm just kind of meditating on the creation of, of God and just everything that's around me, you know, like really just finding the amazing things that are around me. And then with that goes with being able to reframe my thoughts around accepting a challenge, right? And kind of getting away from that victim mentality. So no matter what happens to me, I want to be able to not every once in a while, but every time know that one, I'm not the fucking victim, right? That I, I can conquer whatever it is in front of me, whether it's a financial issue, a professional issue, a personal issue, I'm not the victim. I will find a solution. And I think that if I, if I do that, um, man, I think, you know, I think it, it's going to be difficult for me not to, to be that, that identity that I'm trying to reach. So those are kind of the, the three steps that I think that if I continue to practice and I try to continue to hone into and, and think about and, and focus, um, I think I think it would help me. I think it would help me tremendously. Such powerful uh, terms, Raf. Game ready, taking on the difficult thing every day, exercising your bullpower and reframing your thoughts. Super powerful. It's funny. <laughs> you said game ready. That was my first word was ready. That's the first one that I had for myself. And I was really like, there's going to be opportunities this year. And the seizing of those opportunities for finances and um, moving my family home, if that comes up this year, new career options, is going to take a different sort of melon than what has been around. And it's going to, it's going to need to be someone with all of the research done with, you know, that, that that's something that's just happening continually, that there's research, there's background info, gathering all the way so that, you know, there's lucky people and you're like, man, he's so lucky. And it's nearly always, nearly always, you haven't seen that preparation work in the background. So that when that opportunities come past and sort of dwelled for five seconds, someone's been able to seize it rather than have it just flowing down the road to the next guy. And I was really thinking about, <clears throat> the kind of person I'll, I'll need to be at the end of the year to look back and go, yes, like I hit the opportunities when they came. Like I really was in the right mental space. I was in the right emotional space, spiritual space. That I was able to, I was able to move swiftly when an opportunity presented. That there wasn't the hesitation and doubt that can can slow us all down. Like I know myself when I think about you know, who I've been in the past. There's been times when I've, I haven't moved quick enough. I was just thinking about like a really, like a very successful version of myself. Say at the end of this year, I really, I have that feeling of being very successful. To have had that feeling manifest, I would have had to move quickly during the year when stuff has presented itself. And so for me, the, the state of being that led to that was ready. It was the first word I thought. So I'm 100% in there with you. And it was good to hear you putting different things in there like master of emotions, firing all cylinders, anticipating and killing anxiety because they're like a different way of thinking about the same thing I'm thinking of. You know, that there's a, for me, it was making sure that relationships are good and strong so that I don't have doubt. I'm not thinking about other things. You know, when you're on the pitch, you're not thinking about that argument you had with your wife. You're like, you're ready. You're, you're focused. And the focus comes from having 
the rest of your life working well. You know what I mean? It's not throwing up small dramas in other areas that distract you in that moment when you need to be taking action and on the phone or making that making that decision. So 100% I'm in there with you with ready. My second one was assertive, which is a similar, a clear-headed ability to make the decision you know you need to make. That the correct the correct outcome presents itself and you can move quickly. It's not aggressive. It's not, it's not, um, it's not, it's it can sound similar sometimes, but it's not that. It's just that confidence to to carry out action that you know needs to be done. And it's it's with yourself as well, you know, as you've said, exercising when you need to exercise, eating the correct stuff, taking the action that you know is right. So that's my assertive. The third one for me was loving. You know, that when I think about when I'm in the happiest place, there's a lot of love in the from the relationships and in the relationships around me that those key people in my life know how I feel about them. I've not hesitated to express myself that people are not left wondering, you know, like my mum, family members, you know, that you're in communication with the people that are important to you and you're not letting those relationships drift. So loving was my third one. And my fourth one was the abundance mentality that they tied in with, if this is a year of opportunity and that if, if at the end of the year, I want to be in that state of feeling success, then I have to have had a feeling that there's a lot of opportunity. And for me, that's a mental space that you can get yourself into. And the op- opposite of it is the scarcity mentality that, you know, you feel envy when someone else has success because you're like, there's not that much to go around. If I hear of someone having a good a good story or a win, I'm like the first feeling that arises is, man, you know, fuck, I wish that was me or, you know, some negative thought. Whereas when you're in the state of abundance, you, you couldn't be happier for someone else when you know they've had a win because you're like, yes, we can all get ahead together. We can all make progress. We can all, you know, like a friend getting hitting a fitness goal is a way to think about it. Like, Good for them. It's got. There's no negative impact on me right. hitting a fitness right. goal. And if you're in, like, if you're like that with <clears throat> career or career or finances as well, you're like you're totally happy to hear that these opportunities are being taken advantage of by friends. So, an abundance mentality is my fourth one. So mine were ready, assertive, loving, and abundance mentality. So I feel like there's a lot of overlap between us, Raf, which does happen from time to time with you and I. <laughs> I think yeah, it's this- uh, <clears throat> I think it's interesting with you know how you guys do match up being uh, both around the same time of your lives and, and you know the same age and same experiences and different things you guys have been through and careers and you know I, I don't I don't think it's a mistake that you guys line up and then ultimately too you're best friends so it's not too surprising and that's that's what i think we should have in a you know why is your best friend your best friend is usually because you see see things similar or you better each other or hold each other accountable and you know just listen to you guys i'm i'm going to throw mine out there and they might sound slightly different but if being completely uh, transparent these are things that uh these are things that i learned and picked up from you guys listening and paying attention and trying to grow myself. You know, last year I had goals. The year before that I had goals. And I feel like I've been on the up and up in the progression heading forward. So 
you know, listening to you guys, I was writing notes is why I kind of deferred at the beginning because I really wanted to think about this. And I just asked myself, I want to be a blank in this situation, right? So it's like having that foresight, if you can imagine yourself doing it, it's that's a positive, right? Because you have an image of what it looks like, what you would feel like. You know, it's just like, man, what... What happens if I ever won a race and I came in first? Can I imagine how happy I would be? Like, I did it. You know, I achieved something like that. It's a good feeling and, you, you know, you feel good and it should kind of drive you. Uh, the three things, you know, I kind of started with is I want to be organized and not just, you know, physical things, but, you know, the whole have your life in order you know, spiritually, mentally, all, all that stuff and know what I'm supposed to do and when I'm supposed to do it and kind of have some some discipline and order with it, I think is huge. Uh, and then the two biggest things you guys mentioned uh, for myself is I want to be emotionally balanced and also spiritually aware and open. So when something happens, I don't get thrown off my, you know, off kilter because of an emotion, you know, Melon was just like, oh, instant jealousy or, oh, this or that. It's, oh, wow. Okay. I know what this is and how this is going. Like, this is, this is a wonderful thing. And I could just live in the moment and feel that. Spiritually aware and open uh, is when something happens, like Raph said, it's not about being a victim. It's not like, hey, this isn't like someone that I can't see personally attacking me because they woke up and felt like it. No, no, no. This is just the way of the world and having a direction and knowing that, hey, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And I accept it, you know, whether it's God testing me every single day or just how the world works is just like, yeah, I want to wake up and I want to be ready and spiritually aware that actively there are things that are actively happening around me that can either mold me into something great or that are going to break me. And I'm aware of all those moving parts. It's it's a lot different headspace when you're looking 360, 720 versus just a one lane highway straight to me. And I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is all about me. And, you know, it's like, no, man, this this really isn't even about you. It's about the person next to you and who you need to be and what you need to do. So uh, with that being said, you know, uh, who do I want to be this year and and goals for this year? Well, one is, you know, I'm in a relationship and I want to be a great partner. So to me, that's like, you know, an empathetic per person that understands that, hey, we're both not perfect or we're trying to get through things or good days and bad days. But ultimately, it's like I want to be that pillar known as like the best friend, right, that I'm going to be there in all situations. And it's just that feeling of like, man, oh, yeah, that's my best friend. I know who I can be with and talk to and cry to and admit things to and enjoy things with. Uh, the second part, and you guys touched on it, is. Uh, you know, you said ready. Well, I wrote a little different. I said willing. And that's having just the courage to be able to do the hard things when I when I'm required to. And I want to be that leader that guys know, hey, man, he might not be perfect, but he's always willing to stand up and do the hard always. You know, I, I want to take a lot of pride in that and kind of inspire my guys at work and know that I'm willing. And in the worst times, I want to be the dependable human being, not the dependable leader, not the dependable asshole, not the dependable whatever. I just wanted to be, hey, he's a dependable human being in the worst times. 
And in the best times, I want to be seen as the multiplier. Uh, when times are good, I'm out there, you know, shaking hands, patting backs, making jokes, multiplying the joy and, and the excitement and, and really live for it. Uh, I'm not just going to uh, sit back and absorb it and, you know, kind of selfishly enjoy it. I want it to be multiplied and sh send out more waves throughout the group. Uh, you know, if you guys accomplish something, I want I want to I want to make it fun. I want it to be memorable to the to the max. Um, it doesn't deserve anything less because tomorrow can bring a whole nother day of just, you know, terrible news or whatever. So you live very high in the highs, uh, but you stay strong in the lows. And, uh, you know, that being said, I want to, to finish my part up. I want to do it. Uh, how do I say this? I want to do it. I don't know, I guess in a humble way. I never want to do any of these things and then go to someone and go, you see me, right? You see what I'm doing? You know, like I, I don't want the accolades to like be forced upon myself because that's just being fake. Right. And, and people see right through that. It's like the people recording themselves on Facebook Live going up to a homeless person and be like, hey, sir, are you missing your house? Well, here's ten thousand dollars. Have a great day, sir. And they walk away like, see, I'm a great person. And then they go, you know, then they turn it off. It's like, what the hell are you doing, man? That's, you know, how, you probably just made that person feel like an asshole or feel terrible about their situation. And now they're on blast and people are, you know, doing stuff. So um, doing it for the right reasons, staying humble and just trying to better myself and my environment, you know, for the rest of my life, not for a set period. I'm not trying to win a race or impress anybody. It's just like, dude, this is the rest of my life. Uh, I just want to buy in. Go ahead, ref. Yeah. For any of the listeners, if you're giving away $10,000, don't listen to Mike. Um, I'm not going to feel like an asshole. If you approach me and give me $10,000, I'm not going to feel like an asshole. Even if I look homeless, I guarantee I will be grateful. That's a lot of burrito bread. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, literally. That could set me up for a good two weeks, maybe three. <laughs> so Mike has some good ones in there about how to think of this. I want to be blank in this situation. And he's starting off with being organized spiritually, mentally, having his house in order, being emotionally balanced being spiritually aware and open, and then having the goals of being a great partner, being willing, which for him was having the courage to do what needs to be done even when it's hard. And then in the hard times to be the dependable human being and in the good times to be the multiplier of positivity. And he wants all of that couched inside humility. Well, I mean, that's a pretty good list. Like, no shit. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention was that there's when you're like in in the process of wanting to create yourself in a new and positive way to, to achieve all of these great things, one of the first things is that I feel like you've always got to deal with is your integrity so that you can be generating these things from a position of power and clarity and that you're not, you don't have a big old steaming dog turd of an area where you've, you've caused or contributed to a breakdown in your past like you've had you've been a certain way in a relationship and you've caused a lot of upset and then you're like now i'm going to be really great with this person and then like expect them to assist you with the crime polishing of a turd and not actually go back and deal with it so i would say 
for all of this to be manifested for myself to be manifesting that being ready, assertive, loving, and having an abundance mentality, that there will be opportunities during the year from like right now onwards for me to address any relationships where I feel like I have not been the best melon. You know what I mean? And that's like baselining things so that 2023 can be free from the shit that's gone before it, that I'm not leaving leftover crap from last year and putting it into the calendar this year and then trying to be like, I'll gloss over all of these other this this BS that I've caused and then I'm going to be having a great year because it will never happen. So I'm just like, like I said years ago when I went and, you know, sort of made phone calls to all the old girlfriends, which was extremely hard and very challenging. But it put all those relationships in the past, you know, the areas where I'd been a, an asshole, where I'd hurt people and so on. I was able to not necessarily righting wrongs, but you're at least having a conversation with someone and you're taking ownership for that. But you can then move forward. You're not dragging an extra, you know, carriage on the train up the hill while you're like, no, I'm great, I'm great on this wonderful guy. So I'm just putting it out there for, for you guys and for the listeners that there may need to be some conversations where you go through any of those areas of your life where you're like, I want to have this these wonderful things manifest that you might need to have key conversations with people just to be like, you know what, I'm going to take ownership of this negative thing in our past and I'm going to give us a, a, a free run in the future and that those conversations may end up with that other person thanking you or not and might end up just hanging up the phone on you. But anyway, I'm just sort of putting that as an aside that that's something that may have to be done on the side of these things. Yeah, I'm not uh, calling any ex-girlfriends. I just, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but it might, yeah, so it's, it's not necessarily an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> so now it might be just like whatever trivia is in the space like between me and Cheza, you know, that I just go and I just address that and I'm not like coming out pumping like, yeah, 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 I'm going to be great this year. And she's thinking you're an asshole. I remember that thing you did, you know, and you're like having a, like an area of inauthenticity. So like what Mike was saying that you're, you're BSing. There's an there's going to be an absence of humility there if you're like, no, 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 I'm really great. But they know and you know that underneath it there was, some shit that you're trying to hide rather than just addressing square shoulders to the enemy and just taking it on. Yeah. I would feel like, honestly, if someone came up to me and they said something and I just looked at them and I'm like, yeah, I'm really great. <laughs> I would just probably start laughing because I'm just like, no, dude, I'm really not that great. You know, I don't want to like, I don't <laughs> feel like that, man. I feel like I, every day I wake up is like a reset button. Like I could have done well, yesterday but i i probably didn't hit the mark i wanted to and then the next day is like reset like you know you you can't take all the glam and success or whatever from yesterday's success it's like but who are you today and who do you want to wake up and be today you know it's just like yesterday doesn't give you a pass on today you know it, it really doesn't in a lot of situations it really doesn't and to just to, to just think of like, oh, that's okay to just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm really great. It's just like, eh, I, I get it. And you need to have self-confidence and look at yourself in a positive light. Um, but, you know, for me, I draw on that because I know the actions that I did in the moments that I chose to do them. So it's like I, I, I can go back to yesterday and use myself as a reference and be like, yeah, 
that was a really tough situation and it, it, it was just bad all around, but I had to make a decision and I, I can live with myself knowing that I made the decision and I conducted my, myself the way I did because of good guided principles that I was trying to hit. Mm. And then I can just kind of be proud of myself. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not satisfied with myself. Yeah. You know, so like the way Raf included in game ready, his first part of game ready was being a master of his emotions. And for you then, like you had, um, you're like underneath being a great partner, you had you be, being a best friend. And mm -hmm. for me, my, my third one was loving and having those relationships with a state of loving them. So all three of us had really something in there about <clears throat> emotional regulation and um, being like true to the people around us. And so all of us, and me saying loving, it's the same thing. All, all three of us are like, we're recognizing that to move forward, you know, or Raph talking about exercising his willpower and doing the thing that's uncomfortable. So maybe it's not a cold shower. Maybe it's a a straight conversation with, with a, you know, a co-worker, whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not saying that, like I would say that the three of us hopefully are not dragging around massive disasters in our personal lives or professionally or whatever, but that all three of us want to have something in our, in our personal space that's going to take us being a certain way to manifest. So like being master of your emotions there, Raph, you know, like that is, that's a very challenging thing to to state, you know, and I, I take my hat off to you for putting it out there because how many of us are in that, in that state of, you know, the trigger comes in and the stimulus kicks off, you know, something negative happens and we're kicked into, you know, cursing out the person on the road who's just cut us off. Like that's yeah. a very common state of humanity, right? So maybe just, could you just maybe unfold a little bit there about what you mean inside martial of emotions? Because I reckon that's a very powerful um, state to aim at. I think it's a really, I think there's a lot in that. Yeah, abs yeah absolutely, man. Um, so I, it's funny. So while you're talking about all this stuff, the reason I chose master my emotions first is because I honestly think that that is my weakest point. I honestly think that nine out of 10 times I have to talk myself off the ledge, right? So even though it's like I have my poker face on and I'm talking to somebody and I might be seemingly calm in the back of my head, I'm having a conversation with myself and it's usually trying to like change my current state of emotions and um, to a more positive light because, you know, my instinct has always been to kind of be in the negative and I'm not trying to blame it on military culture, but military culture just does genuinely kind of add some fuel to the fire where like everything's stupid. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, like it's, I mean, like literally it's, it's like expletives and how much you suck. And I know that some of it is sarcasm and some of it is just kind of an attaboy because it's just kind of the weird culture that, that we're a part of. Um, but the thing is, if you start talking like that in every scenario, then some of that can actually manifest, right? Some of that can actually just be like, you know, like if you, like if I do something where I spill water, like my first instinct is always to be like, you're a fucking idiot. That's literally <laughs> what will come through my head. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's unnecessary, right? Um, but the thing that I've really learned being a father was, you know, and I think it was probably Jordan Peterson who said it, um, you know, kids, and I, and I say, because I've, I've seen it, um, kids don't do what you tell them kids will do what like they'll do what they see yeah. right so if so i could sit there and tell you 
I could, I could tell you all these things, but unless I do them, it doesn't really, none of it counts. Cause Soren's yes. not going to do anything that I ask him to do. He's only going to do what he sees his dad do. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm losing my cool, if I'm raising my voice, if I'm, you know, flipping out of her spilled milk, then guess what? Soren will eventually start carrying that manifestation forward. And so I, so that's another reason why it's kind of driven that point home. It's like, you know, I don't have my emotions under control as you know, I'm not cool hand Luke or whatever. Like I'm not as calm as I think I am. And I need to, I need to shore that up because I think that if I, and again, because I understand that that is my weakest point um, as a man, I think that if I can control that, I think it'll just give me better leverage as I try to accomplish the other things like anticipating, you know, needs for my family, for my friends to, mm. you know, build stronger bonds or to kill any sort of hesitation. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that's the clarity you needed or not, but that's, that's kind right. of the, the, the spirit behind why I wrote that first. It's so good that even just the idea that you picked your, your biggest one first, that that's the natural way that you thought about this is really like it speaks volumes and it's the right way to go to think about what are the areas where like how am I being when I'm in my biggest breakdowns and I'm going to like create the opposite of that and it's going to take something different. Like it's really funny, like having a conversation with my son, Michael, who's now, <laughs> hello, pussy cat, who's now 15 <laughs> and seeing him like we had we got a guest dog at our place is this only fans or only cats all <laughs> right in the face but michael was just organizing to feed the three dogs the other night that's one of his jobs that he does and the dogs see him come in at that time and they all go crazy right and they get that energy and they've all got to sit on the mat and wait and he just came in and he sort of his voice his voice went up and the volume went up so the freak was up and the, and the volume was up and I was watching the dogs get more excited. And I just took him aside and I was like, you need to add calm. And I said, this is a really big thing for parents with children that you need to be the one that's introducing the calm in the situation. And I know both of you guys say calm breeds calm is, and it's true. <clears throat> and that when you're in a leadership position and you are with your children and we are in different aspects of our workplace as well, that if you can be the one that is, if you're the one experiencing a negative emotion and you're in a leadership position, you are going to create like trauma and drama. And if you're the one in the leadership position who can just be neutral and calm when normally there'd be a negative emotion occurring, then you have the, the situation has the best chance to just have logic and reason and everything play its way out. Anyway, that, that idea of, um, it was funny because you know I told Michael that this is what we've done deliberately trying to parent with you guys into a little. We haven't always been successful. Like God, you know, we've messed everything up. But the idea of trying to bring calm into those situations so that you know you can you feel the full range of human emotion, but you're only trying to express the positive and you try and let the negative go, and not have the people around you experience it. Like I think that master of your emotions is an amazing thing to aim at. You know, did you have any um, thoughts on that one, Mike? No, I, I think it's nice how you guys kind of did it. I, I did that this week. I, you know, we've been doing training and kind of just, you know, we're in the crawl phase and trying to get everybody synced up as far as, you know, the physical part and tactically, whatever. But, you know, actually the other day we sat down and uh, the leadership in my group, we led a discussion on 
uh, situations and ethics, you know, and it's not like the cookie cutter, like, oh, if you see this person doing this, like, what are you going to do? And you say your cookie cutter answer that the government wants you to say. It's like, no, no, no. We get, we got into some really in-depth topics about like personal lives and stuff you're going to have to really see and deal with as a leader, you know, like dealing with children or, you know, guys, families and, you know, all kind of wild stuff that happens. And it's like, who are you going to be in that moment as, you know, at, as a leader or as a person, as a friend, as a teammate. And we were breaking them down and just talking through it. And you could see some guys that were just like, uh, you know, they kind of like their eyes pop out and they look at each other and you get that big ass rain of like, bro, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Or I don't know what I'd do. I don't want to ever be part of that. Well, guess what, man, you stick around long enough. You are going to be part of it and you're probably going to be the center of it at some point. So we, we were just very open discussing kind of like, Hey, this is who I, who I would like you to be, you know, like uh, I'm not saying it's expecting, but it's like, Hey, I want to, you know, my job as a leader in this group is to train us to go to war and fight and be the most lethal force that we can. But in order to get there, we have to hit multiple stops along the way on every, you know, aspect of your life, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, um, (laughs) you know, go down the damn list, we're it, all, all of them are going to take work and figure out where the balance is in order to get to that end state of being solely focused on deployment, ready to engage and mm. not have any worry or anything on the outside, pulling energy, pulling time, pulling your focus away from keeping each other alive pretty much. So it's not just, hey, we go to work and train hard every day, and then you go home to a world full of shit. You're not going to show up ready and prepared to be a great teammate and and be ready to accomplish a mission. And the people that can't see past that are the toxic leaders, are the people that nobody wants to be around, that they don't respect. And, you know, I know because of the conversations I've already had at my command, I know I'm different. And that's outside looking in that I take time actively to, am I doing the right thing? Am I acting the right way? Am I doing things in a way that aren't going to make me seem like, you know, I'm just trying to revolt against the system and I want to be the outcast. It's like, no, I try to keep myself in balance in the line. And then the people that I work with are on my level that I trust. I say, hey, am I going out of bounds here? Am I thinking the wrong way? Am I coming across as an asshole? You know, like I know I'm different because I speak about a lot more uh, spiritual, emotional side than just show up and I'm a hard ass and tactics every day. And I'm blah, 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 blah. I know I'm different in that sense. And I'm proud of it because I've already seen the impact that it's had on guys, you know, privately and openly in discussion. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's letting me know I'm I'm being who I am striving to be. So. Anyway, that's kind of my take on it, man. Um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting, Mike, that the questions that you were just saying the leadership was posing, you know, the senior ones were posing to the leadership group was, you know, who do you need to be in this situation, and they weren't talking about like the actions, because the actions there's a real there's a real thing I think where if you get the being right, like if you are being calm, if you're being emotionally balanced which is your second point and raf's master of emotions and if you are being that 
then there'll be a different range of actions that are going to come out naturally from that in a stressful situation than if you just like, I'm going to, I'm going to act in these ways that the, if you get the being right first. So if you're, if you are going to be calm, you're going to be emotionally regulated. When a stressful situation comes, you're going to have space for clarity. If you are going to be, um, you know, you're going to have loving relationships so that you're not having issues happening in your personal life. When stuff goes down at work, you're going to have the mental capacity to observe the small detail that you might miss and then to be in action in the right way. You're not going to be distracted by, you know, your mind's on the argument you had with your wife last night rather than on the job in the day. So there's a lot of stuff that it's very interesting to hear that your leadership there, mate, will like, you know, let's talk about who you need to be in these situations. And then the manifesting of that really sort of ties in with what we've been discussing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had that conversation yesterday where we were out, out on the beach and running around doing like some uh, land warfare tactics, you know, and I'm trying to teach and mentor my, my team leaders. And, you know, I could say, hey, I need you to be on the spot and making this decision and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I need you to do that. But at the same time, I need you to take a look around like we always say, come off the front side focus as a leader, and you got to look around. You know, three sixty seven twenty. Look at look at what's happening around you, not just in front of you, but look what's to your left, to your right. What are the other guys doing? What are they reacting to? Look at your terrain features. Look at the environment, like outside. You know, blue force picture we call it, and looking at like what your what are your assets doing above. And it's understanding the whole spectrum and the whole realm of what's going on, not just looking down your sights and shooting one target. You know, it's just like, yeah, for the lower guys and like th that are learning the job, it's like, that's your job is to shoot <laughs> and, and take care of it. As you get older, you should be progressing where that, that sight picture is getting wider and wider and wider. And you're able to see things before they even happen or have a good, pretty good prediction about what's coming and what you need to do to be prepared for it. Um, and that just goes for life. You know, you should never be this 18 year old and stick in that same sight picture of like, well, it's me and it's all about myself and the, the hell with the world and I'm going to do me, you know, and then next thing you know, you're, you're 40 years old and nothing's changed and you have no friends and nobody likes you. It's like, how did this happen? It's like, you damn know, you know why it happened. So, yeah, it's just going from that, you know, that tight sight picture uh, to opening up your aperture and, and really looking 367, 20 about really take a look at like what's happening around you and then try to understand it. Right. That's the hard part. So it's very interesting to hear, you know, I like to hear the the SF way of describing that and the one that I know and Raph probably is familiar with for, for, for air crew, for pilots, is talking about your situational awareness mm -hmm. and that it can collapse down into one little detail <clears throat> and when that's happened, you've you've missed stuff. Like you might be an airline that's drifted across ILS finals onto another aircraft doing finals on the other side. Not to tell anyone else's stories, but... That situational awareness of what is going on around you is more than just one instrument in the in the cockpit for us. And so you've got to have a scan and that ability to, you know, if you're having, say, an emergency occur, the processing of that, you have to come back out, do a full wide scan, get the full picture of what's happening around you before you then crack on with it again. 
And so it's, you know, the parallel, I mean, it's not the same, but it's very, very similar sort of way of thinking about operating an aircraft in a challenging situation as to what you're describing there, Mike, with the front sight and doing the 360, 720. And I think that's something for all of us when we're thinking about moving through life and having more and longer relationships and moving into leadership positions inside your family and in your organization, that the importance of this ability to get that situational awareness, that SA, as the pilots say, it becomes more and more important. And then the downside of not having it becomes a bigger and bigger downside as well. So that if you're just the guy maintaining the front side focus as a senior position, in, like someone in your leadership position there, Mike, the negative of that is a lot worse than if it's just a, a junior guy who's having that sort of, you know, that loss or that uh, fixation occurring. Yeah, it's just not worth it to have something happen and then for me to go back and be like, you know what, I could have took the extra time or made this person better or tried to make them see what I'm trying to get them to see just five more minutes, 10 more minutes, an hour more, stay a little later and try to influence them until, you know, versus something really bad happening and be like, well, you messed it up, not me. You know, it's just, it doesn't work like that, especially when you're invested as a leader in life, as a leader in a job. Uh, it's just like, man, that's, it's part of your responsibility to grow in those areas and then help the people around you understand what you're doing and then help them do it as well. It's the only way you're going to grow people, grow, you know, coworkers, teammates, partners, and, and that communication and understanding like, hey, this is the levels that we're trying to hit. Okay. It's, and it's going to suck. It's not easy, but we need to be open and we need to work through it together in order to get there. And the minute you say, no, it's only about me or no, I only want to. I want to come out like the crown jewel and all of you are just like down on the level three. If you're already thinking about people who are below you again, you're wrong. <laughs> it's like, cause we're all, as Raph says, we're all in this together and, and we really are. And that's a choice uh, to be a part of. And once you fully commit and you're open to all of these things that we're discussing, you just find that over time, man, life just starts getting better. You know, it, it really does in some way, shape or form. Life just starts getting better instead of just being so closed off and shut off and selfish and, you know, not willing to grow and learn. You know, I always tell my guys, I say, hey, I don't care how you are tactically right now. I care about your your person and your character because I can't I can't always teach that. I can teach you how to shoot. I can teach you how to do stuff, you know, whatever. I can do that all day long, but I want good people. I want good men. I want, you know, which ultimately is good operators. So it's important. All right. Well, I'll just give a quick recap here. So talking about creating yourself as the person that you need to be to deal with challenges or to take advantage of opportunities that are going to present this year, 2023, to have you have success in your in your life, how whatever is important to you. So I had uh, being ready, assertive, loving and having an abundance mentality. Raf had game ready. He wanted to continue doing difficult things every day, exercising his willpower. He wanted to reframe his thoughts away from victim mentality. Mike had, he wanted to be organized, he wanted to be emotionally balanced and spiritually aware and open. His goals were he wanted to be a great partner, a best friend. He wanted to be willing to have the courage to do the difficult, necessary thing. 
in the hard times, he wanted to be a dependable human being. And in the best times, he wanted to be a multiplier of positivity. And he wanted to do that with humiliation and, and authenticity. So thanks for sticking with us through to this stage of the chat. And clearly, we're here talking about this stuff because we want to have the conversation open up to you at home, you guys in your car or in the gym, whatever it is that you're doing in your life where you're listening to this. So see if you can't find an area in your life where you can think these thoughts and come up with ways of being that you want to create for yourself this year in 2023 so that, you know, 12 months down the road, you can look back and be proud of what you've done and the person you've become over the course of the year. Did uh, anyone have any further thoughts you want to leave the, the guys with? Did you have anything you want to drop on the guys there, Ra, before we close out? Um, no, I was actually, I was going to add something, but it's, it's such a long podcast. I was just going to let it go, but I was just going to say, you know, the, one of the things that you'll gain from, you know, um, like, like Mike was talking about, like, you know, 360, 720, and being able to, you know, pick up your scan and situational awareness is that um, if you keep doing that, eventually you're going to just by default, you're going to start learning that you're going to start cor correlating your environment a little bit better, right? Like you'll start to put little details and start realizing, you know, and again, I'm just going to go to this because this is what I do. But like when I started learning to fly the, the 737, I started, you know, noticing that like my power settings were similar um, during certain fly paths or you know if i was if i have a gusting headwind versus a crosswind you know it's less jockeying a power more jockeying a power especially underneath 200 feet but you start to like just again i didn't do this in the beginning of you know the first couple hundred hours because the first couple hundred hours i'm just like you said i'm literally just zoned in on my pitch and my power and just trying to you know do what the instruments are telling me to do but as you start to gain confidence you start to kind of like extend that aperture you start to trust me just by default you start to notice these little things you start you start correlating things you're like oh yeah that's right you know this airspeed with this power this pitch should set me up for whatever um and a lot of times i i force myself to look for those things you know especially if i'm at certain altitudes i'll be like what power am i sitting at and i just keep glancing at it that way if my instrumentation takes shit i'm like i know where to set it i know what my pitch should be i know what you know uh, just again it just kind of gives that that adage of like you know um to be a real master, you've got to master the basics. Like that's really all a master is, right? It's somebody who knows the basics in and out. Um, it's not all the fancy G with stuff. It's always back to the basics. But anyways, that, that's, that's, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I'd just say that the challenge is to do that kind of thing as well, like in your personal life, you know, to, oh, you notice that there's a certain tension building up in the conversation with your wife and you can just take action and you can be, but you got to be present and you got to be, you got to be having the scan going, right? It's an active thing. Yeah. All right, great. Mike, is there anything else you wanted to, to drop just before we uh, close out? Just a quick passage from this book that I have. It's Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And I think this paragraph really just talks about everything that we've been opening up here. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just read it. It's unfortunate that this happened. No, it's fortunate that this has happened and I've remained unharmed by it not shattered by the present or frightened of the future. It could have happened to anyone, but not everyone could have remained unharmed by it. Why treat the one as a misfortune rather than the other as a fortunate? Can you really call something a misfortune that doesn't violate human nature? Or do you think something that's not against nature's will can violate it? But you know 
what its will is. Does what's happened keep you from acting with justice, generosity, self-control, sanity, prudence, honesty, humility, straightforwardness, and all the other qualities that allow a person's nature to fulfill itself? So remember this principle when something threatens to cause you pain. The thing itself was no misfortune at all. To endure it and prevail is a great good fortune. Marcus Aurelius. All right. Great place to leave it. For uh, everyone out there, good luck this week. Stop. Thanks very much for uh, stopping by. We always appreciate you guys, your time and your feedback. And, and uh, let us know what areas of your life you're going to be targeting for 2023. All the best.